You're listening to Trot the Egg In, a podcast sponsored by Bydell Sports, working closely with Witness Rugby Union Football Club and hosted by Dan and John. This week's rugby story on Trot the Egg In is about a good lad but an even better bloke whose journey has been unorthodox but perseverance is definitely paying off. A loving husband and family man and someone I can class as a mate. Part of Team Leadium and someone who's class shown through whenever I was lucky enough to be around him on and off the pitch. It's Salford Red Devils' very old, Mr Chris Atkin. All right, Hi, Chris. Hi, mate. Uh, how's it going, mate? And before we get into the rugby story, how have lockdown been for you and Jess? Hi, mate. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, yeah, lockdowns, um, I suppose the first two wasn't too bad. Um, we were in a, you know, a nice apartment over in Manchester. And we kept ourselves busy, and obviously the weather was was nice, which is was a bonus. And um, obviously been a little bit tougher um, this year round. We moved back over to Widnes, and um, hopefully just for a short time while we're currently renovating a house. And um, so that's sort of been keeping us busy when we're you know away from work. Yeah, good stuff. And where's the house, mate? Uh, the house is in Manchester, um, okay. a little little area called Monton, oh, just uh, just near the. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a, a full renovation project, and um, we knew we were what we were taking on. But I think some of the things actually surprised us as we sort of took layers off and figured things out. It it seemed as though the the previous person had done not too good of a job in fixing things and and everything. So it sort of made more work for ourselves. But we've we've sort of took it in our stride and, and tried to crack on. Good man, and hopefully it'll be your stamp, your stamp only, then, mate, won't it? Hopefully, yeah, it's yeah. You know, it's all be done right and it should yeah. hopefully be finished soon. Happy days, mate. So, where was Orman who lived with you? So, yeah, as I said, um, we moved back to Widnes. Um, um, but obviously, both of us being from Widnes, uh, it's been nice to come back. Uh, obviously, for home for us, um, was with mum and dad. Um, obviously, my dad, Andy, you know, a Wids, Wids or Widnes legend, uh, yeah. you know, known throughout the town um, so yeah he's obviously grew up grew up with my mum and dad and, and my sister um, but we're living let's say at the minute at Jess's with her mum and dad um, right. and obviously we're lucky enough to to sort of be able to come back and live and live back in witness um, you know through this tough time and spend it with uh, more people than probably just ourselves which we're fortunate Good man so you're back to being the prince of witness then like you've said <laughs> so um, when when you were a young youngster, mate, what what shape ball had your attention first? Um, I think the earliest I can remember it was a rugby ball. Um, right. Being honest, uh, I think my dad my dad played up until I think it was the week before he was forty. Um, he got injured, and that sort of cut him maybe a year or two shorter than what he wanted. But he had a you know a long career playing at you know a good level with the Wids and things like that through yeah. through the years. But yeah, it was it was a rugby ball from from what I can remember playing playing junior rugby. Um, in witness, obviously, it's a massive town for rugby, rugby union and rugby league. So, yeah. um, and then I had little spells, you know, with the football, cricket ball, and just playing playing any sport I could. To be honest, yeah. And so let's delve a bit more into that, mate. So was that around where? You were brought up like was it multiple sports or was it football, rugby mainly? What what was it like around your estate? Yeah, well, growing up, we lived we lived re- you know really close to the Wids, um, so I think a lot of my time was was spent there or at Birchfield, uh, whichever two clubs 
my dad played for, wherever we were, that was sort of what we were doing. And, you know, that was a rugby ball always around us. Um, and then in the summer months, transitioned into cricket, um, you know, knocking about. We, we moved over to, to farm with, uh, um, you know, different reasons, being close, but closer to family and first, you know, for school. I think that's what my mum and dad were thinking. Um, so, yeah, once we moved there, it was, you know, the cricket club was around the corner. Um, and then there was a lot of a lot of my friends growing up that played football. Um, which I think, you know, looking back, I was fortunate I did play all those different sports. And it's probably helped me with my skill level, you know, moving into rugby, not just being solely focused on one sport. Yeah, I think that's very noticeable when you watch your mate, uh, to be honest with you, the old and eye coordination, your movement. You've obviously got the wheels, so you can you can see that. So what junior school did you go, mate, and who were your mates at school? Um, so I went to Farmworth. Um, I've a lot of, um, there was, there was a few, Rob Travis, God, there's, um, who was a you know really good footballer yeah. coming through, and I think he was uh, as we went through school, we went into high school with the likes of him, and um, went into Way Deacon, which obviously in the town was a massive you know sporting school, there's a lot of emphasis, but there was a lot of mates there that I sort of played rugby with and football and all those other sports that you know progressed on, you know had the ability to go and and progress and for one thing's different other that you know it didn't work out whether it was they wanted to or not um, but a lot of my, my mates um you know growing up we had a really successful you know school team club side which um you know was was great growing up you know we were we were quite successful yeah so what what other sports were involved at junior school mate because obviously rugby's a key one for you um i think at junior school um there was a lot of athletics. Um, I think at that age, you know, it was quite. I think the the primary PE that that sort of I grew up with and and are compared to now is is very different. Um, you know, it was very very simple. It was you know just about getting the kids active, to be honest. And it was whatever you know facilities you had, you were fortunate to be doing different things. But a lot of it was based around you know outdoor athletics or indoor and team team sort of engagement and activities not necessarily you know, specific sports other than you know if one of the lads brought a football then you might get it out at a break time maybe yeah, yeah. so as little contact as possible probably mate won it yeah probably back then yeah, yeah. so you, you touched on a successful club side what what club side were you playing for then so growing up at, at primary school I played for, for the Wids um, right right the way through and there was a, there was a year above um, and my year group and I think there were two very very successful you know sides sort of competing against each other that you know who could win the most yeah. competitions the festivals which was you know a big part of, of my life growing up you know going out for, for, for the full days out and playing those mini festivals with you know the group of, group of lads some that still you know went on to play senior level at the Wids and, yeah. and other, other teams but you know that are still regular faces at the Wids, and you know it'd be great to you know to see them when I did come back to the Wids. And um, so yeah, it was you know it was obviously playing at the Wids predominantly, um, probably up up until sort of started high school really. Okay, mate. So with that, was there any representative opportunities with like I asked people like the town team? Was you recognised to go for that, or was it about at your age group? 
I think I didn't. I don't think I, I thought about it too much when I was when I was that age. I was just yeah so focused on enjoying and and sort of playing whatever sport I could. I know there was the the town team in that year year six around yeah. eleven, um, but I just started playing football as well. Um, a lot of my close friends, um, like I say, were more into football, and I think I I just sort of not that I didn't enjoy my rugby. I just wanted to to play that sport with mate and focus on football so there was the town team with the rugby league but I wasn't playing for a rugby league club at the time yeah. um, and I was playing rugby union and football sort of hand in hand and um, I got to play for the sort of town team in the football Okay, right. um, at that age group and I think you couldn't do both oh, there was right. stigma, so I just sort of concentrated on the football for, for a year or two yeah so would, would that have been Saturdays, football, Sunday, rugby, or was it just football? Uh, yeah, it was Saturdays and Sundays, I think. Um, right. uh, uh, as then I moved into high school, I think we started to clash. And it could, I think there was a couple of weekends where I maybe travelled from one in the morning to the other in the afternoon and tried okay. to fit both in where I could. Having <laughs> dad run ragged, yeah. Uh, yeah driving yeah. from you know, Wigan playing rugby to Warrington to play football. Yeah. So, did it was school something you enjoyed, mate, at that young age, or was it like just in the way a little bit? How was it? Um, I think primary school. I think you know it was great growing up, and then as I as I sort of went into high school, that was that was the next step for me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I was sort of happy at, high, at primary school, but that transition into high school was something that I sort of took in my stride and really enjoyed. You know, the competitive side that came with with high school and the you know the national competitions the you know the exposure to you know to the town you wasn't just in a in a small primary school of you know 30 maybe 40 kids yeah. you were going to i think at way deacon at the town we had about 1200 kids maybe not that but you know yeah. there was there was a lot of kids in in the school and it wasn't just your little class it was you know a couple of hundred in your year group and then a thousand or whatever it was at the time in high school, so you were exposed to a lot of a lot of new new things, and and I really enjoyed that sort of competitive edge with that came with the sport. Good man. So really, you were brought up with Union, wasn't you? So when was when was rugby league first of interest here? Like I say, I think I think rugby league really come to me when when I went to high school. Um, obviously, we'd I'd followed you know witness would be rugby league, and yeah. I was aware of what they were doing, but. You know, I was just playing whatever sport sort of I wanted to and didn't think too much about it. But as we sort of went into high school, there was this, I think the year before, the year above me, the likes of Liam Hume and Chris Walsh, you know, that sort of year group, they'd won the National Cup that year in the year, in their year seven, the year before. So it was, I think that was my first recognition of, you know, rugby league and what the competition at school level was going to be like. Yeah. Um, so once we went into year seven, we, we had some some top, top players, you know, different athletes who maybe hadn't been exposed to rugby, but the school was about developing those players and introducing them to, to every sport and giving them the opportunity to try each and every sport. Right. So when so when you're at that age, mate, and obviously you're you're predominantly playing rugby union at that that time, what what differences did you notice and was the difference what kept you interested in both? Um, I think just the rugby league had that physical, probably edge 
constant consistently. I, 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 I know I was only I was only I'm, I'm small now, and um, but I think growing up I, I sort of saw myself as being the little guy and and had to stand up for myself and I was always one to to sort of go out and seek you know contact. Yeah, there wasn't many people that that I would let go past me and you know was quite successful defensively and I, I pride myself on my defence at the minute still you know I think it, even yeah. though teams might look at me as a, a smaller half back it's you know I take that personally and, and try not to to let that be a weakness in the game um, so I think as a as a junior at high school that was something I really enjoyed in rugby league the constant you know physicality of the game um, yeah, and them edges trying to get at you a bit more yeah try, yeah, yeah. And, the, the you know the game was quick, um, and it just seemed to help me progress. And obviously, the focus in the town, I think, around them was was becoming more and more rugby league focused. Yeah, I must admit, mate, and we'll touch on it later on. But I think I I'm possibly underestimated you when I when I played with you because I knew of you, but your defence, mate, is like you would never think. I'd go at him because he's little. Because for one, you, you, when you're on the field with you, you don't look little. Yeah, I am. Oh, thanks, but I am. <laughs> well, you might be with the big boys now, mate. But yeah. like when you were playing with the wits, like for one, you wasn't little. For two, you were as you were as strong and capable as anyone else. But I understand levels are levels, aren't they? We're not. We're nowhere near where you're at now. It was probably the double um, XL number ten shirt that still hung around at the wits. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so how how did you find the difference from school rugby to club rugby? Obviously, it's hard to decipher because you're playing one called club-wise and another called for school. Like, as I've said, obviously, I, I, when I went to high school, I was exposed to rugby league a little bit more. Um, yeah. And then I did sort of make that transition and, and start playing for a, a rugby league junior side. So, I think at the time my world probably shifted away from, from rugby union because my dad wasn't playing. We were still, you know, going to games and following it. But yeah. the the opportunity, I think, for me, shifted towards rugby league. And um, obviously, Witness Vikings then, at, you know, the junior ages had a lot of, lot of opportunities with different training squads. So, and you sort of had to be, you know, part of a junior club outside of high school to to sort of see the recognition and and be part of these the system. Um, yeah. So I, I joined Witness St Mary's, obviously the okay. you know really close to the Wids. Yeah, um, was previously. Um, now I think it's Witness. It's sort of linked with Witness um, St Mary's, a different capacity. But um, yeah, the, the the that level then went to kicked on again with the exposure at. Uh, amateur, you know, away from school, that we were competing against these sides that have been put together of the best players in, you know, the best in the best towns, Saint like yeah. St. Helens, Wigan, you know, Diff Rochdale, Oldham, you know, traveling over to Leeds into Yorkshire, you were you were competing against sides that could necessarily go and get players to come and play for them that were wanted to play at the top level and compete at the best teams away outside of the professional environment. Right. So as as you're climbing through school, mate, so we're looking at like what year eight, year nine, year tens. Was the was the regional camps in rugby league there for you, or was it service area or? Yeah, was, yeah. There was you know the service area, which you know I think if today's game you know can take learn anything from the past, it is that system of 
you know, a clear pathway that you come to the end of a season and there's these rewards for, for being consistent and performing that you can have this recognition for your town and you get that, you know, pride to, you know, to go out and, and represent Widness as a as an area of Halton against the other boroughs. And then from that, there was a regional pathway, an international pathway. So I think it was around year eight, maybe year nine, that I, I was lucky enough to go through that pathway and go on to the regional camp, progressing yeah. on to the national camp. Um, my mum won't ever forgive me, but the national camp was, you know, during a week of their holiday, um, <laughs> which they left me in the country. Flew out yeah. to Spain. My dad come back on the last day of the camp, came and watched the game because you finished the, the sort of camp with a game. There was two teams. Yeah. He um he then took me after the camp. We flew back out to Spain for the, the last week of his holiday. So he'd done there and back a couple of times to, to yeah. come and get me. But that pathway was was great. And you know, some of the players and the names that, you know, probably looking back that would have come through that pathway in and around my age group is you know, is, is why those players have probably gone on to progress. And obviously... Was someone one of the with a few of them names, mate? Um, oh, God, I'll have to try and think of... I know um, there's a, there was a lot at Warrington. I've mentioned Liam Hume. He was one who, who progressed through that pathway. Bobby Golden yeah. um, is obviously son, who was my age. He, he progressed through and went on to play, you know, for, for Warrington, uh, Wakefield, over in Australia. Um yeah. Do it, you know. There's, there's, God, there's names. Me, my mind's gone blank. I can see the picture in me in the bedroom, but that at that moment in time, growing up, you wanted to be in that squad because you knew that that group of players at that moment in time was the best. Yeah, whether it was regionally or nationally, and you know, aside from trying to go professionally, that would those were the games you wanted to play in. Yeah. I don't know what position were you were you playing at then, Chris? Uh, seven, yes, yeah, scrum half. Right. Um, so you've never, you've never, yeah, you've stayed in the spine, haven't you? Yeah, you've never drifted wide. You've been one six seven. Yeah, one six seven, a <laughs> little bit at nine. I think probably right. transitioning from rugby union. That yeah. that scrum half role is the hooking role in the league, and standoff is your six and seven, um, yeah. and then with a little bit of play at pace. You know, moving into that fullback role, which um, yeah, I've done a few times, mixing in and out at different positions in different clubs. And do you think that benefits you made that versatility? Yeah, I think I've played more games and had that experience in those different positions to help me back when I do go back to halfback. You understand the role, and you're aware that you know a fullback does a lot of work, does a lot of running, covers a lot of meters, and. You know, when you're a halfback, you're you you understand where they should be and in what certain scenarios. So it helps your game as a halfback and as a hooker. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Trot the Egg. We appreciate all your feedback and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast to your friends and family. <laughs>